Hello everyone, Pastor Marco here. Just want to welcome you to our podcast. We're glad to be able to share God's word with you. Want to let you know that we have a brand new website, newlifesouthcoast.com. It's a great place to stay connected and involved in the life of the church. Listen, if you live in the area, come check out one of our Sunday morning services, 9.30 or 11.30. It's a powerful time, and we also have kids' ministry for all ages. I believe this message is going to encourage you and challenge you today, but also make sure you share it with a friend who needs to hear the Word of God. Blessings. Nothing like worshiping Jesus. What an amazing weekend we just had, people. I got that church hangover. And I'm glad I have a church hangover. Because I know exactly what I did yesterday. And I will do it again in a heartbeat. There's no regrets. With Jesus. If you missed this weekend, that's on you. We put on this event, we pushed it, we told you about it. Those of you guys that were here, you know what you experienced. You cannot put that into words. You cannot translate it. If you missed it, that's on you. Whatever you were doing, it was lame compared to what happened this weekend. Someone got to tell you the truth. If your pastor wouldn't tell you the truth, where are you going to get it? You know, I'm here to tell you the truth. Whenever the door of the church is open, you should be there. That's where you want to be. You want to be in the presence of God with God's people, getting everything he wants for you. The ones that are not clapping, you're making it obvious you weren't here. Because I don't know who was here or not here because the church is big. But now you're not clapping. you just, you're giving yourself away. Clap, clap along. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I by faith, I'll be here next year. Um, man, man, what an awesome weekend. You can't put what God does into words. You, there's no spreadsheet to say this is what he did. No, what he does is in the heart, is in the soul, is in the spirit, is in the, is in the realm. And, and I believe we're never going to be the same again. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? And uh, it takes a village to, to run a church this big. And, and you know, I, I try not to mention names because I don't want to miss anybody. But, man... What an amazing group of people we have in this church. We have amazing people in this church. From those who drive the two trailers, those who come to set up for our stage design, to our parking team, to our welcome team, to our usher team, our security team, to our worship team, to our media team, to our prayer team, salvation team. Resource Center team, cafe team, and the MVP of it all, the Ministry of the Kids Ministry team. I'm telling you, what an amazing church. I'm telling you, an amazing pastor too. You go, girl. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know? Amazing. I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but I don't want to do anything else with my life. Like, if you got something better going on, keep it. I got this. I got this family. I love this family. I love this community. I love everything about it, man. It's awesome. Uh, what an amazing, like, listen, this is it. This is it. Like, on this side of earth, this is it. Don't get no better than this on this side of earth. Okay, this is it. Okay. You got a little bit more lights in the house. I want to see all the beautiful faces, man. I love this place. I love you. I really do. I, I, I'm, 
so thankful to be on this journey with you and, and to be part of what God's doing here. We're making history. I hope you understand that. We're making history because we're living our Bible stories right now, you know, and that's an awesome thing. And, uh, and again, what an amazing group of people. I, I went to Providence, Rhode Island yesterday to speak at a church and once in a while, I get invited to go out and, and, and share, and, and it's awesome. But man, every time I leave a church, I'm always like, I can't wait to go back home, though. There's nothing like my home church. You know, everybody should feel that way about their church, by the way, all right? Like, those people in Providence should feel that way about their church, you know? But when we put on an event, this is your church, this is your home, you can't throw a party and not be at your house. Makes no sense. You got to be at your house, Right? Because a lot of guests came in, now they became family. Man, we grew this weekend. Our family's bigger because of this weekend. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, all of you who put your hands to the plow. To have a church hangover is what we want to have. Like, go to, go to work tomorrow and be like, yeah, I got a hangover. They'd be like, yo, what party did you go to? Tell me, it's that Jesus party all weekend long. We got lit in the spirit. It was turn up in the spirit, and I'm never going to be the same again, and I can't wait to do it again. Ride that bus, indeed. I want to cap off this weekend of hope by, by sharing with you the, 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 the crux of it all. In, in Hebrews chapter 6, if you have your Bible This is what it's all about. This is what we're trying to point to. This is what we're trying to say this whole weekend through every song, through every video that you watch, every message that you heard is that this is it. This is the anchor for our souls. I mean, I want to call this message anchor and it's found in Hebrews chapter six, beginning with verse 18. Hebrews six, verse 18 says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. That's awesome. I lie, you lie, but God cannot lie. He cannot deny himself, amen? Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can find great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Now, really quick, a Bible uh, understanding here. Melchizedek is the king of justice. Why why is that important? Because Jesus didn't show up 2,000 years ago. Jesus showed up way from the beginning. He shows up throughout history with different names and different perspectives. And he's saying the king of justice was there way from the beginning. Like God didn't come up with a plan to save us when Jesus went to the cross. He came up with a plan to save us way before the earth was even formed. Like that's how good God is. That's how faithful he is. And that's an awesome thing. We have this anchor for our souls. I think you can all agree with me that we are living in some very high anxiety times. I think we can all agree that all around us, there's a lot of turmoil going on, right? Well, like this last few weeks, we've seen turmoil in creation. We've seen earthquakes. We've seen tornadoes. We've seen uh, floods. We, we, we've seen that earth itself is in turmoil, Right? That, that, that the scriptures, man, this is what's fascinating about the Bible. The scriptures talks about 
the fact that the earth is groaning. Like a, like a, like a pregnant woman ready, getting ready to give birth. Right? How many of you guys were in the room when your wife gave birth? Like, a couple of you? I'm telling you, that changed my respect and love for my wife. It went to the roof when I was like, oh my God, this is awesome and terrifying all at the same time. Right? This is crazy that you go through that. Like, you're not a woman. You are a superwoman. You know, come on, ladies. You guys are super. Because for me, I get a little cold and I'm like... (laughs) I'm like, I think I'm dying. You know, I look like a thug, but trust me, I, no pain, not for me. You know, I'm, you know, my wife calls me her sick baby. You know what I mean? Like, I get sick. It's like, give me everything in bed. I want, I want juice. I want crackers. You know, and, and five times she's gone into labor in like a boss. She births this babies. It's amazing, woman. You guys are amazing. You know, but the Bible says that that's what earth is doing right now. The earth is groaning. It's in child pain because there's something better to come. This is why when we sing about hope, we're not just blowing smoke. We're saying, no, no, God is up to something. And he's, and he's bringing something to culmination where he brings a new creation into existence. And he will bring heaven on earth. Trust me, the word is powerful and it's coming. That's why we sing with hope. In the middle of despair because we know the best is yet to come. It's not a slogan. It's a declaration. It's an affirmation that earth is groaning. There is a better earth coming. There is a better tomorrow that's coming. It's on the horizon. If you keep reading the same scripture, it tells you you're also groaning. It says not only the earth is groaning, you're groaning. That's why, that's why we're restless. That's why sometimes we feel depressed. That's why sometimes we feel lonely. That's why sometimes we feel like something is missing. Why? Because even you are groaning for something better. Even you are groaning for something more. Right? Like there's no way we would get up this early on a Sunday morning if we were expecting more, expecting better, expecting that the best is yet to come. We didn't come just to play church. We came to receive what God has for us. There's groaning all around us, right? If we talk about current events for a second, look at how messed up a political system is. And I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican, man, it's, it's horrible, right? It's chaos everywhere, right? Now we got this tension of race because of why? Because of groanings. Everybody's trying to make sense of it. And, and if you take a step back, racism is one of the biggest evil. Because there's no way, if you're thinking straight, that you would think you're better than somebody else because of your skin color. There's no way. Just no way. But these are all effects of the fall of sin that, that comes and disrupts the system and tries to, to, to divide us and try to make us fight with each other and, and lose focus on the fact that, no, God is taking this history by hand and he's got a plan, he's got a purpose, and the whole thing right now seems like he's shaky, but God's not shaky. God's not concerned. God's not frustrated. God knows exactly what's happening. And that's why we need something deeper than just the things that are fleeting to turn to. 
think about it. Creation is in turmoil. A political system is in turmoil. So the economy is in turmoil, right? And then to make matters worse, we're in turmoil. So where do you turn? You can't turn outwardly. You can't turn around you. You can't turn inwardly. You got to turn upwardly to your creator, to your maker. You got to go higher. Because everything else that we thought could give us this anchor, it's all fleeting. Have you noticed that? Everything that we thought we can bank on is failing us. A few years ago, when the economy dropped the bottom, people freaked out. Why? Because they were banking on their bank account. The, 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 the job that you were there for 10, 15 years, all of a sudden you get laid off. The person that you thought would spend the rest of your life with betrays you. Your children are acting up. All this stuff going on. So where do you turn? And I know we say cute things like hashtag family over everything. But what happens when family betrays you? Where, where, where do you go? When your boys that you said would be boys forever backstabs you. Places that you thought you would stay for. Remember high school? You tell you, we're going to do this forever. And you ever talk to them in 10 years. Isn't it interesting? The things that we bank on are fleeting. Right? I love my wife and she's the love of my life. But she's not my anchor. I know we say cute things like soulmates and lover and all this mushy, gushy, beautiful things. And I believe in it. But at the end of the day, I'm not banking my eternal hope on another human being. I love my children so much that I have five. Like I love them to death and I'll do anything for them. But my kids are not my hope. I need a hope that will hold me and them. I love you, but you're not my hope. Right? I love the church and I love everything about the church, but I'm not banking on the church. Right? Sometimes in church you hear people talk about, Pastor, this is amazing. This is phenomenal. I can't wait to get involved. I can't wait to do all this stuff and I don't see you the next week. Jesus knew that very well. He said, yeah, I'm, 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 I came for you, but don't trust me. I'm not putting my hope on you because one moment you say Hosanna blessed be the name of the Lord the next moment you say crucify him oh I've been in both I've been a hero and a villain by the same people that I prayed for so I'm not banking on people I love people and I will do everything for people but my hope's got to be higher it's got to be higher it's got to be higher Because the moment I say something you don't like, I'm not your hero anymore. But thank God you're not my God. Thank God you're not my hope. Thank God. Oh, God, I feel like preaching. I had a hangover until I got up here. And the spirit of God takes over. Where are you anchoring your hope? Where are you anchoring your hope? You got to look up. There's a greater hope. Then the fleeting things of the moment. I think everything around us is telling you, pay attention to a higher hope. Pay attention to a greater soul. Pay attention to a greater anchor in life. And his name is Jesus. Can you say amen? 
Listen, we need an anchor for the storms of life. Sometimes the storm is inside of us. Where do we turn when we're in the way of ourselves? I've told you this many times. You say, I can't wait to leave this place. I can't wait to leave this house. I can't wait to leave the school. I can't wait to leave New Bedford. I can't wait. But where are you going to go to get away from you? Where? Because wherever you go, you there. You there. And the worst we say, do you. It's like, whoa, time out. You want to do you? Because you don't do a good job of doing you. Like every time I do me, I'm jacked up. Right? No, I need to do Jesus. I need to do higher. Listen, I need an anchor that's bigger than my circumstances. I need an anchor that's bigger than people. I need an anchor that's bigger than my feelings. Because my feelings are fleeting. Have you noticed? You can't even trust your feelings. Like some people are not here this morning because they didn't feel like coming to church. If it was about feeling, man, I'm tired. But guess what? I'm not in this for feeling. I'm in this for faith. I'm in this for commitment. I'm all in with Jesus. Come hell or high water, my mind is made up. It's Jesus or nothing. Because the, out, the other option is nothing. That's the funny thing. It's not even a deal. Jesus or nothing. It's not even a deal. It's not even like enticing. Like everything the world is throwing at me, I'm like, that's boring. Jesus or what? What? Like, seriously, have you ever thought about that? What's the option? Jesus or weed? What? Jesus or crack cocaine? Jesus or Jezebel? What? Oh, hello, somebody. Hello. Hello. Jesus or money? Money? My money tells me to trust God. Have you ever read your money? It tells you to trust God. Like, what? Like, man, the option is dumb. It's dumb to even compare. Jesus and the Patriots? No, give me Jesus and then the Patriots. I want a clock. You know? In Belichick, we trust. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We're prophetically speaking the Super Bowl. I told my wife, don't you schedule a thing today. I'm tired. I want to go home. I want to lay down and watch Brady do some work today. After this. If you're not a Patriots fan, we'll convert you. Don't worry. We'll get you there. But I need something outside of my circumstances. I need something that I know doesn't change with time. Because time is changing. People are changing. Situations are changing. And they're always changing. I need something outside all of that. So I can feel secure in my soul. In the middle of a storm. Can you say amen? One of the greatest scripture that you will ever read. And it's so easy to read. It's so easy to memorize. And you need this in your soul. Because this is the anchor. Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Man, there's no better anchor than that. 
In a changing society, changing economy, changing presidents, changing earthquakes, changing floods, changing marriages, changing friendships, changing everything. But thank God that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And thank God that he doesn't change with time. Aren't you glad God's not fickle? Like we are. Aren't you glad that even before you made up your mind about him, he made up your mind about you. Like he gave himself on your behalf. The Bible says while you were still a sinner, a knucklehead, a good for nothing, he went to the cross and gave his life on your behalf. And he said, I love you for who you are. And I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to keep coming after you. You may have run away from me, but I'll keep coming after you. My God, I love Jesus. I'm so thankful that I have an anchor because I myself am fickle. There's a powerful scripture that says, even when I'm unfaithful, God remains faithful because he can't deny himself. That's the thing about God. He's for himself first. That will mess you up, your theology right there. I thought God was for me. Yeah, he's for you, but for himself first. That's why he doesn't answer all your prayers because he doesn't fit the criteria and the purpose that you have for your life. You, listen, you know you walk with Jesus until, listen, you know you're really walking with Jesus when you begin to thank him for not answering all your prayers. Because you marry the wrong person when you, when you, Jesus answer all your, he's like, no, knucklehead, that's crazy. I know where that's going. Why? How do I know? Because I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm trying to take you somewhere. Trust me. Hang with me and see what I'll take you if you just hold on to me. My God, I'm preaching better than you're responding. Reliable, outside of time. Oh, that will mess you up. He's not constrained to time. He's not constrained to space. He's not constrained to culture. He's not constrained to neighborhoods. That's why I don't have to leave New Bedford to be blessed in New Bedford. I don't have to leave Fairhaven to be blessed in Fairhaven. I don't have to leave Forever to be blessed in Forever. Because he will bless me in the field. He will bless me in the city. He will bless me outside. Everywhere I go, he's with me. He goes before me. It's not about a city. It's not about a neighborhood. It's about an anchor that's greater than my neighborhood. It's greater than feeling. Can anything good come out of the bed? Look around you and see what God is doing. If this is not revival, then I don't know what it is. My God, I feel like preaching today. We got an anchor that's reliable and trustworthy. Our greatest need in life is trust. I don't care what background you come from, you want trust. And the reason why some of us are tight this morning because we've been betrayed. And, and, and this is why we can't bank on those things because, trust me, we are frail. We will betray each other at some point. Sometimes people are like, how do I know this is the right church for me? I'm like, when you get offended and you still stick around... You know, you arrived. Because my marriage would not last if we don't just stick in there. Okay? So it's not about my feelings. It's about what I'm trusting in. Because my feelings are fleeting. I was a high school teacher for 10 years. 
talk about feelings are fleeting. Kids walk in at 8 in the morning having a bad day. I'm like, you just woke up like an hour ago. How are you having a bad day? Because you let your feelings ride you. As opposed to you telling your feelings, you're coming with me. <laughs> Principle over feelings. Trustworthy. This is why this, this collection of books is so fascinating. It's so old and relevant. Man, it's, it's so powerful. Why? Because it speaks to the heart of humanity. The goal of this thing is not information. The goal of this thing is not to prove that there's a God. The goal of this thing is to show you that God is very active in the history of humanity. And he wants to walk with you. He wants to lead you somewhere. And he's giving you his word. Like in other words, listen, in a fleeting society, when your feelings are fleeting, you need an anchor that's already been established. The word of God is already established. It's already done. What he said will come to pass. And I want today, I want to, I want to just let the word speak for itself. How trustworthy they says. When you read that, he said he gave you his promise and his oath. And if you study the Bible, man, God is all about promises. And God cannot lie. He always keeps his word. Right? And so watch this. Right? Let me give you a couple examples of this. In, in Psalm 33, we see a glimpse of his promise. Look what he says. Look, he says, but the Lord's plan stands firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. That's so critical because everything is shaking around us right now. Everything, including ourselves. So I need something outside of me to rely on. This is what his promise is all about. His intentions can never be shaken. Look, everything around you seems terrible. Chaos in creation, chaos in politics, chaos in economy, chaos in family. But guess what? He, his intentions are not shaken. What does that mean? It means that no matter what's going on, God is still on the throne. And he's still in control. I just have to stake within his plan. And what I love about Jesus is he never lied to us. He said, in this world, you will have troubles. Okay? In other words, the reason why some people are so disappointed in life is because they made this world the life. And Jesus said, no, no, you're just passing through. In this world, you have trouble, but take heed. I've overcome the world, and so can you. Stay, stay here where you cannot be shaken. Stay my promises and watch me deliver. Watch me fight your battles like Pastor Stephen talked about last night. Sometimes the, the hardest thing to do is to just be still and know that he is God. And he can calm the storms. Not just the outward storms, but the inward storms. Sometimes the best thing we can do is to do nothing and to just say, God, your intentions can never be shaken. Everything is shaken around me right now in this boat. But if you're in this boat with me, we're going somewhere. Can you say amen? He tells you about his oath, right? Let me give you, again, one example. Isaiah 14 says this about his oath. He, Lord of heaven's armies, has sworn this oath. It will happen as I have planned. It will be as I have decided. He's got a plan. And if you're studying, he hasn't missed a beat. He hasn't missed a beat. Now, in, 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 our, in our limited understanding, we're thinking, 
Everything is messed up, but on his unliving understanding, he knows, no, I know where I came from, I know where I'm going, and I know where I'm taking you because I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're going somewhere, and it's going to be good. It's going to be awesome when it's all said and done. Read the last chapter. It's amazing what he's doing. Everything that he's doing, listen, he's not surprised by any of it. We are because we're limited. But he's sovereign. He knows, like, the plans. Listen, if you just study Jesus' life, how he came, it was all planned. Where he would be born was prophesied 700 years before he was born. Who would be his mom was prophesied. Where he would do ministry was prophesied. The way he would die was prophesied. Where he would be buried was prophesied. None of it was by accident. All of it planned. You know what the Bible says? In the fullness of time, God sent Jesus. In other words, in his right, divine, sovereign plan, he sent Jesus. And in his divine, sovereign plan, Jesus is going to come back and rule this place. It's all going somewhere. And what I love about that, he says, I have decided. Like, what he already said is done. You can't undo it. Because he can't lie. I have already decided. The key is, can I stay in there to see the fullness of it? See, my struggle with church is this. We don't understand that there is a process that God is trying to take us on. And so we come one week, we don't see the thing we want to see. We give up too quickly when God is trying to take you on a journey, on the long haul journey, all the way to his house one day. But you're thinking temporary. He's thinking eternal. I'm telling you, if we can just hang in there and let him take us on this ride. Because he said, he who began a good work will finish it. He doesn't do it half-hearted. He doesn't do it halfway. He goes all the way. That's the God that we serve. He goes on to tell you, I have a covenant. Covenant means a commitment. Aren't you glad he's not a God of feelings? I feel like. No, he says, no, I have a, I have a commitment to you. Watch this, Deuteronomy 7 says this, understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant or commitment for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. My God, he's so good. He says, I have a commitment to you. We're going to start a relationship series in a couple of weeks. You know, and, and, and it's going to be interesting because in this room, we got all types of dynamic. People single, some are dating, some are flirting, you know. Some, you know, got two Facebook pages. You know, like we got a lot of, we got a lot going on, you know. We're going to do our best to unpack all of it. But one of the main things about relationship is you can't base it on feelings. It's got to be commitment. I don't have to feel married. I know I'm married. I made a commitment to my wife. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to keep my commitment to my wife. That's what God is saying. I made a commitment. And I'm, I, I plan on keeping it. But look how powerful this is. He says, a commitment to thousands of generations. This is what I'm saying. If, if you come to church just one week, you're missing the point. He's taking you on a journey, not just for you. For a generation. See, see, I'm getting to a point now that, that I'm thinking legacy. I'm thinking long haul. 
I can't just stick right now. Listen, yesterday God showed me this again. I went to Providence to go speak. And I didn't know this kid was going to be there. But this kid walked in. He's a youth pastor now. But when I met him, he was eight years old. And the church that I was first became a youth pastor is the church where I met him. And now he's following in that footstep. He became the youth pastor of the same church where I was at. This is legacy, people. This doesn't happen overnight. It's a commitment. And then God continued that yesterday. Last night, I was talking to a man that, that happens to be Kofu's uh, father. Kofu, stand up for a second. This is Kofu. She plays the keys. <laughs> Kofu, old were you when we met? She was 16 when we met, about eight years ago, right? Your, her father, listen, this is, this is people that understand the will of God. Father said to me, where we are is not conducive for my daughters, four of them. She's one of four. By the way, she's single. She's beautiful. <laughs> smart. She makes a lot of money. So you better get your game up if you're coming. This, okay. You better do more than push-ups. Homegirl got a college degree. She make, make it bank. Okay? So, dude, you better get your game up. Like... Anyways, that wasn't my point. That was for free. Um, my point is this. Father understood that God makes a commitment to generations. What I love about it is that here's a man who understands it's not about me anymore. Eight years ago, he said, my church doesn't have a youth, so I'm trusting you with my daughters. We shook hands in this church basement. I said, I'll do everything I can to lead your girls. Today, all four of them are walking with Jesus and doing really well. Understand when we say youth, kids ministry and youth ministry, we're not playing games. We're trying to keep the commitment on our end and God will keep his commitment on his hand to see generations change. Not only does she play keys, she's one of our small group leaders. She's an incredible mentor to a lot of girls. Okay, this is what church is all about. Her sister, Fumi, just built a website from scratch. What did you do last week? Her other sister, Ronke, runs a cafe ministry in Smithfield. The whole thing. And then Shade, the youngest one, is in college right now, finishing a degree. Listen, this is legacy. This is what church is all about. So this man comes and says, Pastor, remember the conversation we had eight years ago? And I'm like, God, it's about legacy. It's about legacy. It's daily than us. We're not playing church. This is not an optional thing. This is life. This is it. Like, this is all we get to do. Right? We just started a youth ministry. But this young man has been with me since he was in eighth grade. You know how much I've invested in his knucklehead to get to this point. And he knows what I'm talking about. Because it's not all smooth. You see him up there now? We went through some stuff to get to this point. But thank God that we have a hope that's bigger. And all of us. And someone invested in me. Someone invested in me to be here. None of us just showed up. Someone committed to praying for me. 
Someone committed to taking me to church. You know when I moved here from Cape Verde, I was 15 years old. When I got here, someone already told me, your grandmother called from Cape Verde, you coming to church with me. I'm like, say what? Grandmother already called because she's been praying. Been praying. Church, we're not playing games. Take this and say, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. From generation to generation. We got a whole generation on the other side. In a few years, man, all those knuckleheads are going to be running this thing. When I go to Smithfield, listen, true story, they'll tell you. When I go to Smithfield, I go to East Greenwich, I go to Fall River. Everyone who's running the church was in the youth ministry that we started way back when we began to invest in the youth for the next generation. I met Pastor Jordan when he was 15 years old. 15. I began to mentor him and now he's the youth pastor and the campus pastor of Smithfield and he runs one of the biggest conferences in the world. Commitment. Commitment. Don't play church. That's boring. Play legacy. Play the long game. Stick in it. Hang in there. Pray until you see what you want to see. Don't stop praying. Come on. Look. He said, look, he's unfair in love on those who love him and obey his commands. You're not going to see jack from God if you don't obey God. I don't care how many times you come to church. I don't know many times you sing a song until you obey his will. You're not going to see anything from God. Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers that ever lived, said, listen, one act of obedience is worth more than a hundred messages heard. One act of obedience to say, I've decided as for me and my house, we are going to serve God. It may not look like that right now, but I'm going to prophesy it until it happens. Let's not play church. That's why I tell you to your face, when you didn't come, you missed it. You can talk about me behind my back. I'll talk about you in front of you because I love you and I want to see the will of God in your life. We're not playing games. This is the anchor for our souls. And he gave us access to the throne of God. He says, you can come anytime with anything, whatever's going on. You're welcome to my place. And I end here with this powerful scripture from Hebrews chapter 4. He says, so let us come boldly to the throne of, of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. You heard? Tired, broken. He says, come. This turmoil, come. This questions, come. This worries, come. This frustrations, come. You can always come. You're always welcome. You don't have to have your act together to come. That's a life in the pit of hell. No one has their act together when you are facing perfection. You can't, you can't measure up against perfection. It's for everyone. This is why religion is boring and irrelevant. We're talking relationship with our Heavenly Father. We're talking a lifestyle of coming and keep coming 
and keep being filled and keep believing and keep trusting and keep hoping and keep seeing his goodness and keep seeing his grace. We're not talking about an event. We're talking about a way of living life in the fullness of God's will. This is serious because the best is yet to come. You guys can come up. You know, I end here. He said this. He said, you have two choices in life. This is Jesus. Go read it, Matthew 7. He said, you can build your house on sand. What he's talking about? The fleeting things. He says, you can try to anchor yourself on sand, but sand shifts. People shift. Economy shifts. Creation shifting. You're shifting. He says, you can do that, or you can bank your life on a rock, which I am. The solid rock. You don't know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you got. The beauty of this is sometimes with Matt's story that you, I hope you go home and watch the whole thing. Powerful. Sometimes you got you to hit rock bottom to realize he's the rock at the bottom. He's there. He's there. And he will always be there. Man, I've seen a lot of disappointment in life. But I've never seen Jesus disappoint me. I've been betrayed and I've betrayed. But he's never betrayed me. I've been unfaithful. Sometimes not listening to him fully. But he's never stopped being faithful to me. I've been selfish. He's always been selfless. I've been worried. And I always hear, I got you. My God, I love Jesus. Not because I preach Jesus, but because I live Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Sometimes I tell people, you know, if this is not real, I still lived an amazing life with Jesus. Like, if, if, if we get to the end, it's like, it wasn't real, though. I'm like, yeah, but I lived a great life, though, because of Jesus. But he is real, and he's coming back. He's coming back. Oh, somebody give him some praise. He is coming. He is coming. He is coming. Listen. Every time we gather, he's giving you a chance to say, let me be the anchor for your soul. Let me be the one to take you through life. Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? uh, The reason why we close our eyes is just personal. That's all. No moving around right now. This is very important time. This is the time that we take ownership and say, God, I don't want to just hear that message. I want to live it. I want to be a living, breathing person that has their lives anchored in Jesus. So if you're here today, if you've never made Jesus the anchor of your soul, this is your chance to make the greatest decision of your life, to surrender your life to Jesus' will and purpose. He said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. 
So if you're here today, you never trusted Jesus with every head bowed, eyes closed. I'm going to say this prayer. And if that's you, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, he will come and rescue you, come and save you. So if that's you, would you pray this with me? Would you say, Father, I heard you this morning. And I want to respond. I want Jesus as the anchor for my soul to forgive me of my sins, to come into my life, to put me back together, to heal the groanings inside of me, and to empower me to live life above the level of sin and mediocrity. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to trust you with now, and I want to trust you with eternity. Have your way in my life, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. I hope that did encourage you and that you can share with someone who needs to hear from God. And we hope to see you soon. God bless.